Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. Well, I'd have to say, love what you do, because there's going to be long times when you may not be making profits and you can be struggling with the business, and it's passion that keeps you going when the times are tough. So I say, celebrate your wins when you have them and love your work. This is Jennifer Longworth, and today's top entrepreneur is Cheryl Riley. Cheryl is a retired teacher, author, and artist. She has traveled the world and collected many stories along the way. As a teacher, she read to children, and now she is creating her own stories, first for her students and now for adults. Not tied to any one genre, Cheryl has written middle-grade books, contemporary romance, women's fiction, paranormal romance, and time travel. She has developed her top five tips to a joyful entrepreneurial life to inspire others in their entrepreneurial journeys. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thank you, Jennifer. Good to be here. Now, you are an author, but you used to be a teacher. How did this journey come about where you were teaching and then went, hey, you know what? I think writing books is what I really want to do. Well, Jennifer, it's been quite a long journey. I did teach school for many years, and I'm a retired teacher. But when I was teaching, I just loved reading to the kids, and they enjoyed talking about stories. And so I started to write a children's novel. And they would tell me all the things they liked about it and what they didn't like, and they'd make suggestions. So I always say this first book I wrote was Kid Tested. (laughs) And from there, I uh, retired from teaching and went doing other things. But I always remember one little boy, and I wondered what had happened to him. So I'll tell you the story of why I actually started writing uh, the Bringing Jamie Home series. Um, Jamie's Choice, the first in the Bringing Jamie Home series, is actually based on what a 10-year-old student said to me. It was the last day of school. And I was cleaning my desk at the front of the room and I looked up and one little boy hadn't gone home. And I said to him, it's time for you to leave because it was about 12, 15, 12, 30 in the afternoon. And he said he didn't want to leave. And then he proceeded to tell me that he didn't like me at the beginning of the year. Well, one thing I know, you can't fool kids. So I replied, I didn't like you either. And we (laughs) we both laughed and we both agreed that after one year, we really liked each other. And I thought about him. I wondered about him and what had happened to him. I don't know what happened to him, but I wondered what would happen to a woman if she had to take a child and she didn't like him. Hmm. That's why I wrote Jamie's Choice. It's about career-minded Rachel McGivney. She has no time for love until this orphaned 10-year-old boy, and of course his handsome lawyer, arrive on her doorstep. So that's the origin of the Bringing Jamie Home series. And you consider that to be clean contemporary romance, as if you're not going to have any risque Fifty Shades of Grey craziness happening in your books, right? That's right. You know what I always say, Jennifer? I say this could sit on your dining room table and any child of any age could pick it up and you wouldn't have to worry about where they started to read in any one of the three books. So that's where it's clean. 
That's it. That's the word they use nowadays. So who's the target audience for these books? I'd say women age 30 or above. I've had now I've even had a 21 year old girl who wrote about it. And she wrote me a very, very favorable five star critique. And I was surprised that somebody that young would enjoy it. But I think the most of them are above 30 working women, you know, they come home after maybe a hard week, and they just want something light, joyful, uh, something for a Friday night, something that'll carry them away, and they'll become thoroughly into the story. And when I was younger, I wanted to be an author. That was one of the, the things, you know, I wrote books and stories in middle school. I got like 100 pages into it and then got bored because I hadn't planned it out very well. I kind of knew where it was going, but I didn't know how to get there. In doing a, a romance, you I guess everyone ends up happily ever after. Maybe not. But how do you plan out the, a novel? What's your, what's your process here? I'm going to tell you something about the series or the trilogy, actually, because it's three parts. Part two had a couple of readers a little annoyed because it ended with everything had not worked out as one might expect in a romance. And when I wrote it, I knew that would happen after book two. Book one can be treated as a standalone. But once you read book two, you have to go to book three to find out what really happened. And you can't skip from one to three because actually there's something that comes up in the middle of book two. It took me a lot of research with a certain police officer to find out what was technically correct and what the police would do if this situation did arise. Oh, So book two actually gets into a mystery and it's involving the handsome lawyer. He's still the boyfriend and it's also the child is still there. It's very much the three of them connected. But book two sort of is all the problems that have come up. And then book three is the total resolution. So as somebody recently, I read a critique and it said, you have to read all three books and they've got to be read (laughs) in order. And that's ex- she picked on the on that exactly because that's the way they were. Did you intend it for it to be a trilogy, or you say the book one is a standalone? Did you write one and then felt like you had to keep going, or was it always a trilogy? You know what happened, Jennifer? It was it caught me by surprise at the end of book one because at the end of book one there was a character in there who hadn't been nice at all, and a reader told me that she called him a real piece of work sort of thing. I thought, why? Why is he such a nasty man? Why doesn't he care? And I started to think about him and I thought, I've got to show what happened, something that happened, and it was major, major thing, and why he did what he did. And that was book two. And then it took me into book three to finish it all. Okay. Like extended character development in a way. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Jennifer. My daughter is looking into studying literature and stuff. And she, when we watch movies, she reads books. She always talks about the character arc. And she's like, well, this character had a much better storyline and character arc than the other guy. He might not be as pleasant as some of the other characters, but he had more development going on. I'm like, okay, I was just watching this for the story. But she picks up on, on those little things. Well, you know, she's well ahead if she's talking about story arcs. That is fantastic. Now, you also have some tips to a joyful entrepreneur life. And being that this is the thoughtful entrepreneur, we also like to be joyful. So what tips do you have to a joyful entrepreneurial life? Well, 
you know, there are many tips you can have, but here are some that sort of stuck out in my mind. One thing I think is always be kind to yourself. As an entrepreneur, there's always more work to do. The work is never ending. So don't fill your mind with negative self-talk. Give yourself credit for all your accomplishments, because if you write them down and you look back at what you've done through the week, you've probably accomplished a great deal. The second thing I would say is do your research. Now, in writing, you go in, you find out about, like I had to find out about how the police would deal with such and such an issue, but you can't get lost in looking in research. So for any entrepreneur, give yourself deadlines. Uh, Don't stress about them, but set a limit and try and stay within it. The third thing I'd say is invest in your education. You know, you always need to be on top of whatever it is. I mean, if you're in the tech business, things are coming at a very, very fast rate. In if you're a plumber, you better know what's new in that. If you're a writer, you need to educate yourself in how to write better stories, what's in the market. So invest in your education and that what was difficult will become easier and easier. And in my example, one thing I do is being an editor to read my books. First edit, she goes through and checks out everything about the storyline, story arc, as you were mentioning, and she's a professional editor. And then after I send it back to her a second time, and then after that, I go to a line editor and he picks up commas that I've missed and all that. Another thing, fourth point I would bring up for entrepreneurs is balance. You know, you can't work 20 hours a day and enjoy your life. So balance is something that sneaks up on you. You you can add more and more hours to the day, but try and get enough sleep, good diet, exercise, and be with your friends. Last thing is celebrate your wins. It gives you energy and it gives you the motivation to keep working, even if the next part can be difficult. So those are five of the things that I thought were very valuable for any entrepreneur. And I'm sure you've mastered all five of them, right? Uh, it's always working. <laughs> I'm always working on them. Well, you mentioned deadlines and I know as an author that is probably pretty important. You've got to get these things to your editor, to your publisher. Do you have a publisher? Or do you self-publish? I am self-publishing because I find that allows me to freedom to do whatever I want. So you're the one who's setting the deadlines for yourself. Yes. And also, I do have a deadline. If I say to this editor, can you um, edit my work by such and such a date or something, then I know I have to get it to her. Right. So that becomes a deadline. I've interviewed other authors on this show, and they've considered themselves to be authorpreneurs because what you're doing as a business, and you mentioned a minute ago, you're about to start marketing your new books. So what's that process look like? Oh, it's so many parts to marketing. That is such a huge job that actually I am having somebody else doing the marketing for me. Mind you, I still have to give them a lot of the information. They are always inquiring, is this what I want? But if you try and do all the marketing by yourself, well, Good luck, because it's a big, (laughs) big job. 
and I have chosen to pay somebody to do it for me, then I can just enjoy writing more and be thrilled. Well, you know, that like enjoy the day, enjoy being with your characters. That's something I find fun. I even enjoy editing. I like what you said there about being with your own characters. They become a part of you. They become your friends if you've been working with them for three books, right? Oh, yes. Yes, you get to love your characters. And I've heard the question, which is your favorite book? And I would have to agree with the answer I heard many years ago. And the person said, it's always the book I'm working on now. So I like, yes, you can love all your characters, but you're most invested in the book you're working on now. So I really, truly feel that way. So what are you working on right now? Well, I'm not doing clean contemporary. I am doing paranormal historical. So talk about research. I've had to go back and learn all about the Victorian era. And that's a never ending thing. Yeah. I'm reading Victorian books. I have quite a library about Victorian times. It's it's a big, big job. It's it's fun. I enjoy it, too. I enjoy doing the research. I enjoy just the nature of the era puts restrictions on people. And it's it can be fun to work within these restrictions. Okay. So in this process, all of a sudden, we went from clean contemporary romance to paranormal Victorian fiction. Right. <laughs> Actually, I... I've just got a new one out. It's called Curse of the Lord of Darkness. Ooh, spooky. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite different. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it. So who's your target audience for those? Same group same, of people? Same group of people. Yes. Okay. Uh, my books are described as a quick read. Uh, my pacing ah. is very fast. You know, it's not something that they're going to be seeing great long paragraphs because I don't like reading long paragraphs myself, so I don't write them. <laughs> in fact, I read the first sentence of a long paragraph and skip to the next paragraph. Uh, that's what I did all through English class in high school. I was yeah. just read the first sentence. I'm like, good enough, good enough, good enough. Right. I got right. it. And then, of course, the test would be on whatever happened in the middle of the paragraph. <laughs> I didn't read much, you know, whatever. So- See, I know. I know about readers like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the shortcut readers. One of the most recent books I finished was a quick read because I was able to just sit down and get through it. I was like, oh, wow, that was enjoyable. I got through it pretty quickly. So this might be a good genre for me, actually, just the quick reads. Because when if I get bogged down in those long paragraphs you're talking about or a complex story yeah. or whatever, I don't finish it. Like, right, okay, I'm, right. I don't get it. I'm not going. So actually, this this might be good books for me. I'm, I'm kind of in your demographic. I don't work outside the home, but I'm a podcast editor, and it's nice to put my brain on pause from time to time. It is nice, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So what advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening beyond your tips for a joyful life you shared earlier? Well, I'd have to say love what you do. Because there's going to be long times when you may not be making profits and you can be struggling with the business. And it's passion that keeps you going when the times are tough. So I say celebrate your wins when you have them and love your work. If people are interested in finding out more about you, connecting with you, purchasing these books, what's the best way for them to connect? Well, they can find me on my web 
page at CherylRiley.com. And Cheryl's very different spelling, so I'll spell it for you. S-H-E-R-I-L-E, and then Riley joined with the Cheryl, R-E-I-L-L-Y. But they can also find me on Amazon if they want to go to Amazon and just type in Bringing Jamie Home or Curse of the Lord of Darkness. They can also find me there. Thank you so much for joining me, Cheryl. Well, it's been my pleasure. And thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.